goodness, so glad to be here. Thank you, band. Oh, my goodness. Don't they do such a great job for us every single week? I just love how they get us into the right space to hear from God. Okay, I am a follower of Jesus, and I struggle with anger and fear and pride, and my name's Julie. If you're watching online with us live, I encourage you, and those of you in the audience, you can find us on the Version app, the Bible app. We put our notes there every single time we have a teaching. So you can go to that app and go to more and then events, and you will see a live event right now open called Celebrate Recovery at Southern Hills. That will be open until 9 p.m., and you can catch those notes. If you hit save, you can refer to them later, and it will save it for you, so you can access them later. So follow along there. We are hitting principle one, step one, lesson one tonight. We are in denial. And principle one says, I'm not God. Realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. We're starting right at the beginning. So um, when Dave and I bought our first house a few years, several years ago, one of the things we were looking forward to the most after living in apartments for a while was we were looking forward to finally parking our car in a garage. So, right, so winter car, so that winter out there is nuts right now. It's getting nutser. And so uh, how many winter car uh, travelers do we have? We have to get out and scrape your car in the morning. So we were looking forward to not having to scrape that frost off in the morning before we went to work and not have to defrost that back window and fiddle with the AC. You know, you never know whether you need the air conditioner or the heater to get that fog out of there. And so that's a mess. So when we got our first house, that's what we were so looking forward to. Just get in the car and go and you don't have to do all that. Well, my poor teenagers, when they started driving, sorry, Charlie, you have to park in the driveway. So their, 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 their cars are cold. So one morning, one of my sons was getting ready for school, and on a cold morning, he was about to leave for school, and he grabbed his bag, and he said, see you, Mom, and he headed out the door. And about 20 seconds later, I hear, bam! And I immediately knew what had happened course I rushed to the front window and there's my son's back bumper sitting up against my neighbor's pickup truck across the street and so I run out in my pajamas and house shoes oh what happened well I knew what had happened he had he his windows were completely completely frosted over it was a cold morning just completely frosted over and with a mixture of like laziness and I'm sure it's fine he just backed right on up his car right on up and hit our neighbor's truck. It did not matter that he had an ice scraper sitting right there in his car that his wonderful mother provided for him. It did not matter that I had told him a few times that he needed to allow extra time on cold mornings to get ready and to leave. And when I asked him what happened, he should have given me an I statement, right? An I statement is like, I was too lazy to scrape off the frost of my car. No, his statement was a he statement. His reply was, he is not usually parked there. So that is where I'm going to say that that is a great illustration for denial, the denial lesson and what it looks like when we've got frost on the cars in our life. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what is the big truck in your life that you keep bumping up against? 
because you are driving around with some blindness that you won't agree is real or is a big deal. I'll say the best place to start looking for the answer to that question, because it's hard to see sometimes, start with your relationship with others. That can be a big barometer for us. Are some of those relationships struggling? Are some of them confusing to you or withdrawing from you? Are they frustrating to you? Are some of them completely absent in your life? Do you find yourself angry at others a lot? Our relationship with myself is also an important barometer too. Do I like myself? Do I treat myself well? Do I talk to myself well? What does my mind keep repeating? Do I harm myself? Am I happy? These are indicators of what might be that big truck in your life. So how can I know, though, what I can't see about myself if I can't see it? Right? How do I remember what I've forgotten if I can't remember it? It's the same thing. How do I know what I can't see about myself if I can't see it? So I'll tell you that it starts with looking for patterns in your life and believing that they mean something about me. The patterns in your life, believing that they mean something about me because patterns repeating in my life is a sign that denial is present. So we're going to take a a look at a few things. We're going to take a look at some patterns. We're going to see some barriers uh, to breaking those patterns and then the key to unlock all of that. So here's consequences of being in denial. And so this is the acrostic. It actually spells the word denial as I go through them one by one. And you, this is what we cover in the very first lesson of step study. So you might have all of these patterns. You might have one of these patterns. But we're going to go through them. And they start with D. Disabled feelings. This is when our emotions get stuck, frozen, and numbed out. Is that a pattern you have? Maybe your energy is lost, where you're emotionally and sometimes physically exhausted from navigating your life. Negated growth, where there's a failure somehow to improve and to grow despite every attempt I have made. If that is a pattern in your life, that's a sign that denial somewhere is present. Isolated from God, this is when my relationship with God feels numb, Maybe it's completely absent, and that happens when I try and play God in my life. It kind of removes him from the equation, and so it isolates him from me where I can't feel him. Alienated from relationships. This happens when I believe lies that I tell myself, and those put up barriers between me and others. So that is an indicator. And L is lengthened pain. This is when healing and growth and maturity get harder and harder to find, and the pain extends and extends. If you're seeing any of those patterns in your life, if you feel distant from God in any way, or if you feel wounded a lot, or if you have some relationship struggles that kind of persist, or you're feeling worn out by these things, a little bit of that or a lot of that, it is a sign that there is something that you need to see 
that you haven't seen yet. So our main takeaway for tonight is that discovery is the key that unlocks denial. Discovery. Now, there are some barriers to discovery. It is, uh, it is not an easy thing to just jump in and discover things about myself. So we're going to hit three big ones. So the three, I think, the three big barriers to discovery. It's not just something we do. This is really easy. So the first biggie barrier to discovery is fear. Discovery can feel scary before we discover it. Maybe you know that there's stuff on your side of the street that needs work, but... You are afraid of what you will feel and what you will need to do with what you feel and see, and that can keep you in full-blown denial. Frost on our windows that we are too afraid to start scraping at, so we just drive on. Maybe you believe harmful stuff about yourself that isn't true. How could God love me? I'm worthless, and you're afraid to look too hard for fear that you will confirm that those things really are true, and then where's my hope? Living in fear of where discovery might take us can keep us in a perpetual state of persistent denial that we never escape, and fear causes our denial to get louder and louder. Here's an example from scripture. The apostle Peter, one of Jesus's followers on the night Jesus was arrested, uh, he was asked three different times whether he was a follower of Jesus because they were recognizing him. And he denied it was true each time. And every time he got louder and more forceful and was swearing and he was loud. And he, it said because he was afraid. Have you found yourself arguing Louder and louder, your point of view, throwing in some what about that and what about you and what about this in order to win, that is always a smokescreen for something. Being in denial means arguing with the truth about me. Arguing with the truth about me. And arguing with the truth about me takes a lot of arrogance. So this is our second one, fear and arrogance. All right, this is the second barrier to discovery. What does your arguing with the truth look like? Maybe this is what yours sounds like. I can stop anytime. This isn't a big deal. I'm sure it's fine. I didn't do anything. That's not true. All I need is blank. I'm not hurting anyone. Or maybe it's, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I'm okay. For generations, the nation of Israel ignored small and medium consequences of rejecting God because their arrogance told them they were just fine. Nothing really bad is going to happen to us. And for hundreds of years, God sent prophets to speak for him and to warn the people to turn their lives around. But it didn't matter. They kept on until he just cut them loose. 
and sent them into exile. They were still so convinced that the way they saw the world was correct, that when the Messiah, the Savior, that they had been praying for themselves for thousands of years finally came, they argued that it wasn't real, and then they killed him. The arrogance of those Jewish leaders permeates us today. The lies we say to ourselves keep us in denial. Being convinced that my way of seeing something is always right keeps me in denial. The scripture says the truth, the truth will set you free. That's in John 8.32. Stop arguing with the truth. I promise you that if you just do even that first part of the sentence, stop arguing, the truth about yourself will be easier to find. The third biggest barrier to uh, discovering what God wants us to see is resentment. It is impossible for me to see myself if I am always looking at other people, when my mind is filled with the behaviors of others, denial about myself rages. When I am blaming my kids, my colleagues, my parents, my friends, my job, my spouse, my ex, the drivers on the road, the people at church or CR, for how I feel, I will never discover what's in my own blind spot. One of Adam and Eve's sons, his name was Cain, he blamed everybody else for the issues that were his. His denial and rage and resentment escalated so high that he murdered his brother after his brother received a blessing that he also wanted. And then he wandered the earth in denial for the rest of his life. Comparing myself, blaming others, and complaining are huge indications that denial about something is present. These things keep us far, F-A-R, from serenity, healing, and hope. But the enemy calls these things by a different name. Did you know that? Fear, arrogance, and resentment. Safety, strength, and self-defense. Do not be deceived by this. It is a lie. The key to unlocking these things is discovery. It is the key that unlocks our denial. And the fruit of discovery is sight. There's a story in Luke chapter, six, chapter 19 about a man named Zacchaeus. And it said, he was not able to see. And he was not able to physically see Jesus. He was a short man. And he could not see Jesus on the road because of the crowd. So he took action. It said he ran ahead and climbed a tree. But the first thing he actually did was he agreed with the truth that he could not see. Then he was ready to see, and both had to be present. 
When seeing clearly became the most important thing to Zacchaeus, his life totally changed. Not only did he see Jesus with his eyes from that tree, but Jesus helped him then to see inside of himself, and that set him free from what was troubling him. It is not the crowd's fault that Zacchaeus couldn't see He's not as tall as a tree. He's not superhuman. It's just the way things are. I'm not God. I can't see. I will never be able to see myself fully and in complete clarity for as long as I live because I'm not God. He is the only one who sees how everything fits together. He sees the complexities of how I tick and why I do what I do. He sees layers about me that I could spend my whole life trying to understand, and I'm just capturing a piece of it because I'm not God. So if you think you have full sight of your blind spots because you've been looking at them a while, then that is one of your blind spots. And I like to use this language when I want to and need to discover something about me that I need to see. And I've been, Tammy's my great friend, and we have lots of meetings, and we work alongside each other so closely, and I have been known to ask Tammy, hey, did that come across okay, what I just said? Because I have some blind spots in that area. I use that language for myself to help me see myself more clearly. I need God and I need others to help me see inside my blind spots. And I will need them for the rest of my life. If I want to avoid the pickup truck that parks behind me when I'm not watching. So, what are some practical steps that we can take to help us see these things. What are some first steps to help me see what might be in my blind spot? First, I want to challenge you to give your barometer the benefit of the doubt. And I want you to say, hmm, you could be right for five minutes. Can you say that to someone for five minutes? You could be right. That's funny, isn't it? I'm serious. (laughs) How about, hmm, there's probably something I need to see about myself here. Whatever it is, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, whatever's happening, whatever conflict it is, whatever situation you're in, hmm, there's probably something I need to see about myself here. And it's okay that you don't know what that is. That comes later. It starts with the first sentence. Do more listening and less speaking because you will hear a lot more. And keep coming back. We say it all the time, but it is true. Surround yourself with other people who are also looking at their blind spots and you will learn what it looks like. So our cars today have a lot of technology on them, right? 
A lot of them have these fancy cameras in the back that catch what's going on behind the bumpers that the mirrors don't catch. So that it has this little screen. You can see what you're backing up into. And some cars even beep at you when you scoot a little too close to the line or be about to hit something or whatever. The technology in our cars get better and better, and it helps us to see the blind spots around us when we're driving. Everyone's life has blind spots, parts about myself that are hard to see unless I bring in a ton of assistance. Sometimes my denial persists because I have no mechanisms in place to help me see what other people can see. Sometimes my denial persists because I have some side mirrors, rear view mirrors in my life, and I might see some patterns that are happening around me, but I really don't believe what they mean. I'm not interpreting them properly. And I have been in both categories. When I came to recovery, I was generally happy, and I came here for reasons that really had nothing to do with me. I came for another person. And um, I had no mechanisms in place at all to help me see my blind spots because I thought I was the only mechanism that I needed and that that mechanism was just working perfectly. So that's where I was. I did not mean, I did not know that that meant that I was playing God in my life until later. And as I went along, I also saw patterns in my life But for a long time, I did not believe that any part of those patterns rested on my shoulders. No. What about? What about that? What about you? What about your stuff? That's where I was. The lies I told myself when I first came to recovery looked like this. It's not my fault. I'm an awesome friend. And I don't resent anyone. That was where I began. This is what I was saying to myself when I first came, and God met me where I was and helped me to see the truth that I was arguing with because, like Zacchaeus, I was ready to see. So are you ready? If you stick around and keep coming back, you're going to hear more of that story because in May, I'm teaching again, and I'm doing the inventory lesson, and in order to teach that, I kind of have to share my inventory with you. So I will drill down a little bit more on all that denial and where it went, God took it. So keep coming back, and you'll hear my inventory lesson in May. There's a whole story there. And since then, there have been a host of other blind spots that God has revealed to me in the last five years. And now that I know where they are, if my life takes me anywhere close to those, I invite a lot of eyes to help me see myself clearly. Is anyone feeling the effects of inflation at the grocery store? Okay. Yesterday's dollar does not buy as much today. The same is true in recovery. Did you know that? The lessons God wants us to see only get more expensive the longer we wait to discover them. The cheapest time to learn a lesson that God wants you to see is today. Today is the cheapest day. Today, waiting costs you more pain, more confusion, Fewer relationships and further to go. 
When my son was learning to drive, he was kind of nervous about heading into his first driving lesson, and it turns out that the instructor didn't even drive him anywhere on that first lesson. They just got in the car, sat there, looked at it, learned about all the parts, adjusted everything, got him to get a feel for it, looked in the mirrors, taught him how to adjust the mirrors, where should the mirrors be pointing so that you can see what you need to be seeing. That is the beginning of your recovery journey. Learning to drive a car without hitting stuff, harming yourself or other people, takes a lot of time and practice. And the good news is that this teaching is not a driving lesson. It is a sit-in-the-car lesson. It is a be-still-and-look lesson. It is not as scary as it may seem to get started. Keep coming back. And the greatest instructor will show you where to point your mirrors so that your journey ahead is safer. Are you ready to see? So I'm going to invite the band back up, and I'm going to invite our huggers to come down as I invite you to respond. So this is our blue chip time, our time where maybe God was pricking on you and speaking to you. If you are ready to look more closely at an area in your life that's giving you a little trouble or a lot of trouble, come down when the band plays and take a blue chip. It is just a marker of something that you're inviting God to help you with. I encourage you to take it home. Maybe put the date on it. Maybe write down the struggle that you came down to give to God. Men take from men and women take from women. And the prayer altar is always open.